Welcome to episode 5 of Roots Rock Riot. We've been very London focused thus far this season, so as a special Christmas treat, we are leaving Britain entirely and heading to Canada and the Fergus Highland Rugby Club. Joining us are men's team captain Nick Terry and committee men Alan Wallace and Tyler Nickel. Even though it sounds incredibly Scottish, Fergus is actually a small town about 100 kilometres west of Toronto. According to Wikipedia, it was the birthplace of 13 notable people, half of which are hockey related. We talk about what grassroots rugby looks like in the Great White North and interesting definitions of what a local derby is. There are a couple of audio gremlins this episode, so the sound quality isn't quite as good as our previous episodes, but the episode was so good I didn't want to re-record it and try to recapture the conversations because that felt insincere. So stick with it, I promise it's a good one. So this week we are joined by Fergus Highland Rugby Club, which I've been assured is Canada-based, even though it is the most Scottish-sounding thing I have ever heard. But we are joined by um, so Nick Terry, who is men's team captain. Yep, hi, how are you doing? Uh, Alan Wallace, who is a committee member and traitorous Ickenham prop who fled over the ocean and stopped playing for us. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and uh, Tyler Nickel, who's also uh, on the committee over there. Hey, guys. How's it going? First question before we kind of even dive into who you guys are and what you're doing. I think a lot of our listeners are UK-based and aren't particularly aware of what grassroots rugby in Canada even looks like. So if if I'm right, it's a summer sport? Yeah, no, exactly. Well, it... Ultimately, it defend well. It depends based on the province. So most of Canada can't play during your normal winters as they do in the UK um, because it's quite frankly just just way too cold when you're getting into sort of minus twenties, thirties, forties. Are we are um, we talking? Sorry, just to just to stop you there. Are we talking yeah. Celsius? Celsius, yeah. Fuck me. I don't know how Celsius Yeah, I don't know how Celsius Fahrenheit works at the best of times, but I thought I had to double check like minus 30 feels cold. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it it didn't get that bad my first year here. Uh, it only got down to about minus 20, but it wasn't too bad. I still maintain that minus single digits in the UK are significantly colder than here just because it's an island and there's moisture in the air. (laughs) But uh yeah, so out west, so the likes of Vancouver, they can actually play through the winter, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. a lot of the provinces that are too badly affected by the winter months tend to play in the summer. So we go from uh, roughly May through to about August, depending on how far you get through your respective competitions, go through the playoffs and that sort of thing. So obviously, as a, as a forward, it's not the most fun. So the amount <laughs> of scrapes and things you pick up just from the ground itself is is bad enough basically but basically scrumming in trainers though i mean <laughs> well i mean i've seen i've seen some people rock some very questionable boots but uh you can't get your proper studs into the ground um, yeah. unless it's a well-maintained pitch so as a forward it's probably not the best a lot of a lot of boys sort of wear soccer boots or football boots um but yeah so yeah we we tend to play normally on sort of public ground public pitches so so in, in fergus we we're on the main the main park in the middle of town, um, which does get pretty hard when it comes to the ground. But yeah, it's a summer sport. So the things you do have to contend with as well are just general heat because it can get it can routinely stay into the mid thirties, especially in Ontario, plus all the humidity. So it's 
it's all about keeping on top of things really yeah. when it comes to hydration and just try not to get heat stroke a lot of the time interesting and then what does it kind of in terms of obviously very aware character is a lot bigger than yeah, it is a big... <laughs> where we're playing like what does it kind of look like in terms of you know what's kind of like the league structure expected travel like how does it actually kind of look on like a week in week out basis for you guys well i mean it, it ultimately depends on your grassroots grassroots league but for most clubs generally there is quite a bit of travel time so you may get your your local games uh, and your local games may be about an hour each way potentially but depending on which league you're in like ours for instance we we routinely have to do a six-hour round trip when you're going to sort of the U.S. border in the West. Um, so you go to places like Windsor um, or you go down to Niagara, which is, I think it's about two and a half hours. So Windsor's, Windsor's down, it basically faces Detroit, if if that helps, in terms of geography. So it's right down sort of the west of Lake Erie. And then obviously Niagara faces Buffalo. So oh, actually some boys... Some boys go over the border and watch the NFL sometimes, which is uh, which is quite funny. But yeah, so nice. our, our far enough, our furthest rugby games uh, are those two in our league. But yeah, we we do have a fair few that are sort of within one to two hours each way, um, which are obviously useful. But uh, yeah, but ultimately cool. it's, it's it's a fair bit a fair bit of a drive. But we make the most of it. You have a road trip, and it, it becomes becomes more of a day thing than just a just to turn up to a rugby game and then disappear. I I love the idea of a local derby game that is still an hour each way. But also, to be fair, I, I regularly have to drive around the North Circular, and that means local derbies for me can be an hour each way. That is Grassroots Canada in a very, very quick nutshell. So, Fergus Highland Rugby. It's very Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming because it is based in a town called Fergus, which I has to have Scottish roots to it. Hundred percent. So the the biggest, the second biggest Scottish festival in the world, I think, is in Fergus. Oh wow! The uh, the Highland Games. The Highland yeah. Games. Yeah. yeah. The caber toss record that Scotland held was broken here a few years ago, and then yeah, so it's a really close relationship with Scotland. Yeah. yeah so this whole this whole band of Ontario is all British expats, mainly. Scots and Irish expats uh, traditionally. So the town is named after its founder, and just it's, it's just attracted loads of expats. And the club was founded by expats amongst others in I think it was 1991. I think it was. But yeah, there's there's still a, there's still a large kind of expat community in there, and as well. So there is there is a lot of sort of British, specifically Scottish heritage to the to the club and to the town. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So in terms of kind of the actual makeup of your club then, like in terms of kind of, is it predominantly expats playing rugby out there? Like both for you guys and kind of wider rugby, is it a lot more kind of getting ingrained into Canadian culture itself now? Like what does that kind of look like? No, it's, it's definitely a lot um, of Canadians. We do have, this, this year especially, we, uh, we brought a couple imports across from... Uh, from the UK, so that was interesting. We've got a South African this year, which is 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 a nice uh, addition. But yeah, most of the most of the players are local to the surrounding areas, Fergus, Guelph, that type of deal. But yeah, we've got all kinds of age groups, which pulls obviously different people from different places. Um, a lot of the old boys are the expats that 
helped um, create the club. So they're still kicking around and supporting us. So it's awesome. So it, it's it started off kind of very ex- expat based and has just kind of grown from there, I guess, as kind of rugby's grown and everyone's realized the benefit of being able to hit people once a yeah. week. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, there are a few teams that do run a fair few expats. Yeah, I think I think that I think that's by virtue of a lot of that's virtue of Ontario itself. So obviously a lot of our we are, just just for context. So, so Guelph is just to the south of us, and we're about probably about an hour or so's drive from Toronto. So you can so you can kind of guess that there's obviously a lot of expats kind of knocking around as well, and there's there's still that sort of street running through, and even even all the teams in this part of this part of the world seem to just attract a lot of obviously new new incomers to canada so to speak yeah. so uh yeah there's a there's a there's a thri- thriving community but yeah the with the club structure itself you've got boys and girls all the way through up into the seniors and then you've got uh you've got an old boys club as well called the uh old boys team called the hogs which is the highland old guys so you've got guys from technically i think it's about 40 plus i think it is all the way up to whenever you can when however long your knees can take it effectively and uh, they they have a run out during the season as well. Yeah, I found out recently that I technically qualify for veterans rugby now, and I was not okay. <laughs> I was not okay. My knees are okay with that, but I was not okay with discovering that was the case. Emotionally. Oh yeah, it, it, it hits it hits properly in the core of you, especially when you see 17, 18 year olds kind of coming in playing and I'm expected to try to keep up with them. But yeah. do you have kind of people playing right through from kind of Colts up into like the senior squad? Like is that kind of what you guys try to at least keep going? So I started when I was twelve with uh my two younger brothers and my buddy Austin. And the four of us stayed all the way through, but uh, that's about it for my age group. Yeah, um, we'll lose we'll lose guys to. It's a smaller men's team. We don't have two teams, uh, so there's there's definitely better rugby to be played in Ontario for the guys that do play high level. Though, well, I'm guessing as well for you guys. So if we lost someone to university, they could still occasionally come back. I'm for guessing sure. with you guys, it could be it's three time zones over sometimes yeah. it's just not not quite the same is it kind of just losing losing players to kind of just the sheer geography of canada and kind of that side of things or is it more like them dropping out of rugby entirely like how's kind of like rugby over there in terms of popularity kind of a, a mix of the two for example us this year um we probably got six guys that went to university and college and the closest one being probably like an hour and a bit drive. And then the farthest being like a three, almost three and a half hour drive to Kingston. So them making games on a like towards the playoff season, that's when they're heading to school. They start September. Playoffs usually are end of end to middle of August. So it's hard to get them to come back for those games. So it's one of those things. But yeah, you also do lose guys just they stop playing they got wife and kids they got a new job whatever it's hard to get them especially if it's not like a 30 minute drive is doable but guys are driving one one hour each way to practice it's it's hard to get the the pull so just one of those things it's you'll see guys they come back and um you might get them for a couple years but for the most part yeah it's we've got a core group of guys and then people come and go 
throughout the years. So, and how long has that kind of core group been around? The main group of guys is probably twelve of us right now, or more, mm-hmm. that have been around for the last uh, decade, close to. That's. I mean, it's a good co- twelve is a good core to have. To be fair, that's not a lot of. Uh, topping up needed for kind of game days or anything like that no but i mean like we're quite lucky in the that, that core that kind of core 12 or so players actually fills out what you'd kind of consider the spine of the team anyway so so that so that spine obviously fills a lot of the key position um and ever these are the guys that sort of turn up to training week in week out so we can obviously as it comes to the actual season you can still build the team around that and get that sort of core ethos for the season in, get the core moves, your scrums, your line outs, your backs plays, that sort of thing. So it's so it's quite quite fortunate that there's there is that large, large core, so to speak. Yeah, I still don't know what backs moves are. I've been I've been playing rugby <laughs> for five, six years and I don't know what happens outside of a scrum. <laughs> I know I, I I I push by the time I've stood up Usually a try has been scored, or someone's knocked it on, and it's time for mm. another another scrum. Do it again. <laughs> Run again. it again. Every time, every time. So, what does um, what does the social side of Canadian rugby look like? <laughs> so, outside of the the tackling, I'm hoping lots of tries. What does kind of rugby culture look like in Fergus? Uh, well, there's 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 a lot of similarities, and there are quite a few differences as well. I mean, in terms of similarities, we see most of the time it turns out to be a drinking club with a rugby problem, uh, which is always <laughs> good, uh, especially when you've especially when a club such as ours has been founded by expats. You sort of have a lot of those traditions from the UK. Step, seeping through into, into sort of our post get post and uh, pre-game rituals, so to speak. We we do we do tend to obviously do a lot around the clubhouse and the club itself, uh, but we also have uh, a lot of obviously really nice bars in the local town of Fergus. One of which sponsors us, which is which is always nice. We we have some traditions in terms of obviously how how the club operates and how we sort of celebrate games. They, the club has. A thing for singing as well, which is uh, which, which which does happen sometimes. Is there um, a go-to song? I'm still not okay with it. Uh, <laughs> I'm still getting used to the songs. Okay, okay, all right. So, so it's it's that style of singing rather than the more uh, Delilahy, shall we say, yes, approach uh, to singing. So, okay, yeah. all right. I'm with you. Yeah, with I mean, you. like a lot a lot of the guys that have been around the club for a while seem seem to know them very very well, but I don't. But yeah, I mean. We're trying to bring back a few of the more of the old school traditions, like uh, wear a shirt and tie on game day. So we've recently created a, a brand new new look Highland tie, which is nice. And it's just the whole thing if you can get into that sort of rugby culture of beer fines and tie fines if you, if you don't turn up with a shirt and that sort of thing. So nice. so we're trying trying to get some of that in there as well. But yeah, we're we're very very proximal to the to a club in Guelph that has just come back into our league. So. Uh, we should get some nice uh, local derbies with those with those guys, and uh, we tend to share the same bar that we frequent in in Guelph, which is everyone sort everyone everyone knows each other because we obviously they've been around the area for so long. We do winter touch uh, indoor touch with them in the uh, over the sort of January January February March months. So uh, yeah, it's, it's it's always a good time out, and you see a lot of people that are just involved in the game locally all the time, really. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty similar. There's obviously you do you have your sort of post game ceremonies and 
you do your man of the match and we've started doing the whole dick of the day thing as well which i'm gonna admit that i stole <laughs> i quite i quite cleanly stole that well we haven't got the same mask that the ikonum has but we we do the principle there's your normal stuff lots of boat races and that sort of thing but yeah obviously sometimes sometimes clubs do stick around and obviously that's that's really really good when they stick around after the game but obviously sometimes teams don't hang around uh so other teams obviously because you'd appreciate the the driving distance but the club itself we always kind of paint the town highland colors so uh we always make sure we do it properly makes sense i was um what's the what was the latest dick of the day dick of the day for or at the very least what is the best reason for a dick of the day so far <laughs> um so yeah we played in a tens tournament um how long ago was that a month yeah um for canadian thanksgiving um it's called Oktoberfest, so big draw around there so waterloo club throws a, a tens tournament every year with men's and women's division um so we put in a team we had about 12 guys say yeah we, we want to play so it's gonna be perfect uh we showed up we're getting ready for our first game we're like wow we've got seven guys um <laughs> this isn't great we start reaching out to people where are you guys we get up to eight people um so we played we played a tens tournament with with eight guys all day but we still won in our, our losing division so that that was a win we got a free bottle of alcohol but yeah the dick of the day was the one guy that said he would be there 100%. And we reached out. And I forget what his excuse was, but yeah, just let the boys down. And uh, and he also, I think he also had the most egregious one of the season where he dislocated his finger whilst on the bench waiting to come on and play. Sorry, so, uh, sorry. Hang on. What? How? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, was, he, was me- he was messing around on the, on the, uh, the touchline. <laughs> Uh, and dislocate his finger without playing a minute of rugby. Wow. We Actually, to be fair, a couple of weeks ago, we had a player get dick of the day because they were definitely going to play. Um, his two brothers were playing, and it would have been the first time all three had played senior rugby together. His dad played for the club before. His parents were there to watch, and then he couldn't play because he fucked his ankle. <laughs> didn't play. Didn't play a minute of the game, and it's like you've ruined this whole family moment <laughs> because you've somehow rolled your ankle without playing rugby. But that's good. So, like, from kind of a personal level, like, obviously, I know you're new to Canada, Alan. But kind of for everyone there, kind of why. Why this rugby club? Why did you guys kind of join? Well, I mean, obviously, I I, I emigrated. I emigrated by myself uh, last last July. Um, so my my other still in the UK at the minute. But kind of once I got settled and got kind of your call sorted, your job, place to stay, your car, and all that jazz, I was like, well, actually, I need to try and make some friends now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, well, where's where, where's the best place to try and or start from fresh, start cold, so to speak. And uh, so I was talking to talking to the people that I was staying with to start with, and they were just kind of saying all the different rugby clubs that are around. And I just, I just heard a lot of good things about Highland, uh, everything from kind of its community feel to, as, as Nick was saying, Nick and Tyler was saying, there were just a lot of people that have been there for a very long time as well, which obviously is a testament to 
testament to the club itself. Um, so I was like, well, that sounds like a, exactly what I'm after. Obviously, like you, you play, you play obviously rugby going through school, going into university, and that sort of thing. And and obviously everyone's obviously playing obviously competitive league rugby and everything as well. And obviously what I wanted was a, a really good standard of rugby with a really good social on the side as well. Um, so uh, emailed Highlands, and I was it was pretty amazing that as soon as I emailed emailed the club. Uh, I got the uh, details through the Facebook page. Pretty much half of half of the old guys emailed me pretty much simultaneously saying, yeah, come down, come down, come down. We're out of season, but we're we're still running touch going into the winter. And I was just kind of amazed at the quick response and how enthusiastic everyone was. And then when I came down, obviously it was mixed, mixed touch. And you just got a real kind of good good group of people and thought thought to myself, well, I can I can see myself here. And it's just it's just gone from there, really. Obviously, uh, good friends with, with with the guys, and obviously, there's a lot of as I said about community community sort of spirit. A lot of other halves as well are also around the club, and obviously, are involved. Whether that is playing for uh, playing for say the, the ladies previously, or whether they're just kind of in and around the club. So you've got that sort of extended extended family, and I yeah, it's it's, it's the best decision I made. I think in terms of finding friends, finding a bit of a home. And it it really did help that initial transition, obviously coming in, coming in as a as a migrant, so to speak. How uh, how early on did you let people know that you played front row or did you keep insisting you're a flanker? <laughs> I, I tried to go out for the flank job first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went I went I went straight in at the front row. Obviously I've never been I'm I'm deceptively heavy, but I'm not I'm not the uh, I'm not sort of your traditional front row build, I guess. So uh, you're dense, yeah, yes, dense <laughs> in that way. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's but that's it. It's it's, it's but everyone every, everyone's just been really lovely since I got here, and after after touch rugby after games, everyone's always still around having a good time. Everyone socialises outside as well, and it's yeah, it's it's. I is yeah, like I said, it was probably the best decision I made. I think in terms of getting settled. Nice. And then Nick, you mentioned you joined with brothers and friends, kind of all at the same time. My my two younger brothers joined the same year I did. We only had a U twelves age group at that point, so um, the the eight year old and the ten year old played on the U twelve team with me, which was a lot of fun. Um, and we actually went to our first tournament, and we won the whole thing, so that was great. Uh, for my first experience with rugby um and then from there i just couldn't get enough of it nice what's the um what's the travel like for kind of the youth side of it is it kind of as is it similar clubs that the senior teams are playing is it kind of a bit more localized there's a a few tournaments throughout the year and the 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 main pitches is oakville fergus actually hosts the biggest tournament of the year and that's to end off the season and it's just like thousands of people are there. Oh wow! Yeah, there's a fair few tournaments throughout the year, and they're all pretty close by. So it's it's about the same driving, but never never like the three hour tournaments or something like yeah, that. It's, it's, yeah. it's technically like an hour hour bubble. You don't get the three hour one way trips. Yeah, that would uh, again that that's difficult enough just driving with you and one other player, let alone with a car full of kids. So when COVID hit, we shut down rugby a lot longer than you guys did in England, and uh, rugby was the first thing to open up for kids to start playing again. And it had been two years of nothing. So we went from like originally 12 kids in each age group to 60 
from U6 up to U12. Like it just exploded. Um, so there's just a ton of uh, youth programs coming up through the ranks now more than ever, which is great to see. No, that's incredible. But that's it. Yeah, I mean, like just to follow up on that, it's like obviously when during during the season, all the the field is just wrapped. So, so we we play out of a place called Victoria Park, which is just outside of downtown Fergus. And most days of the week, the the pitch is just absolutely rammed. All the different all the different age groups filling it up. We obviously have limited limited space available to us, but we all we always make it work. Everyone plays around each other, and it's it's, it's amazing to see. I mean, it's it gets pretty tough to park, but uh, so, so some of us had to resort to parking all the way like a, a block or so away from the from the rugby club. But it's amazing to see just how many how many kids are coming through the youth programme for one, but also how many parents are always out there week on week. They'll pull up their camping chairs, they'll sit on the touchline, watch, obviously watch their watch their kids go through the programmes. And it's 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 a very, very healthy, healthy club, that's for sure, coming through the youth programmes. And obviously now that the senior men's have sort of hit its stride again as well. So hopefully we'll we'll be encouraging more of those more of those guys to come through the come through the ranks and join us. And then see as 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 we said before, we got that core group. We uh we had a training session a little while ago where we kind of might have showed our age a little bit in some respects. We had a little <laughs> practice session with the under 18s, just touch rugby. Jesus, they were quick. And we were just sort of resorting to sort of old school rugby and just trying to take up as much space as possible. So they've got they've got some really good players, whippets, workhorses, and they're all a lot of them are playing at a really good standards. They're playing sort of the regional, the regional programs as well, and being earmarked for greater things as well. So uh, yeah, it's, it's it's the club's looking really healthy at the minute. That's fantastic. And um, I, I think the most I can't remember if you were playing that day, Alan, but mm. The most cutting thing that has ever been said to me on a rugby field was we did similar over summer where so we share a uh, Ickham shares a clubhouse with Ricelip and Ricelip have a big like juniors Colts yeah. section and we were playing touch rugby against I think they're under 16s mm. and one of their players sidestepped me in like like it was like a sitcom style sidestep of, you know, like I had no idea what was happening anymore. I didn't know where he'd gone. And I turned around and I went to, I went to chase after him and I couldn't because he's rapid and I'm me. And I shouted, I could have caught up with you if I tried. And his response was just to turn around while still sprinting and just say, when? And it was like, oh, and then, then the realization of he's half my age. <laughs> he's half my age, and he said this. Ah, oh, I still, I still occasionally think of that. Like I just wake up in a cold sweat. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, we had this, we had a similar thing. Like I said, we just, uh, we, they were just sort of running rings around us. Obviously, we wanted to kind of have a little bit of a something different to play against. See, uh, seniors rugby is. I mean, obviously, like that's probably the other thing to say is that see, Canadian rugby here is very, very forwards dominated a lot of the time. So there's obviously yeah. a lot of very, very, very big guys, very um, kind of just knocking lumps out of each other a lot of the time. And obviously, there's a lot of backs work as well. But 
going up against just in just practice session, training session with the young guys and just seeing how just rapid they were. We we had to resort to sort of old school rugby, just take up as much space as possible, try and slow them down as much as we could and just take up space because, yeah, it is it's amazing when you sort of crest that hill and realise that you're no longer a whippet. <laughs> <laughs> I never was. <laughs> so what about you, Tyler? Why did why why Fergus? Why did you join? Um, so I originally started playing football. Um, grade nine, went into high school, played football in the uh, in the spring, um, and then once that finished, I was just hanging out, and my friends were like, "Oh, we should go try out for this rugby." And I had no idea at the point at that time what rugby was. Um, and I was like, well, what's rugby? They're like, oh, it's pretty much just football with no pads. I'm like, okay, sure. We'll try. <laughs> so we're doing winter training, fell in love with it. And then our coach actually was the president of the club. So at that time, there was no team in Guelph. Um, so he convinced me to come with Fergus and then fell in love with the, the community around Fergus. So, um, yeah, it was, it was great. Went back to school, grade 10. Um, had a couple buddies. I was like, "Hey, like Highland is awesome. You guys should come out." So there was four of us that came from my school that were all my age or one year younger. Nice. So it just it it sounds like um, once people join, I guess kind of the community and the general feel of the club keeps them there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's. I guess. I guess it's got that sort of that sort of similar vibe that you get in the UK where you've got kind of your old school, real local teams. That's sort of the vibe it's got where everything sort of gravitates. A lot of things gravitate around the club. The club hosts events throughout the year, um, obviously just to kind of keep keep the community going. And yeah, it's got that sort of real traditional traditional sort of community vibe to it, which is really nice. And obviously it's always, it's always welcoming. We're always trying to get new people down as well and there there are a lot of people this this season that as well had either not played before or played a very long time ago and they came back through word of mouth um and they're still with us and they'll be coming back with us next season so it's that just kind of shows shows the type of club and obviously the senior men's we 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 went on a really good run last season um which was good so uh yeah the clubs the clubs Looking pretty healthy at the minute, but we're obviously always looking for looking for new and old returning players. And that kind of brings us on to every episode. We have the same two questions we round off the episode with. So first of all, so what message would you have for any future players looking to join Fergus Highland Rugby? I would say the uh, the amount of work you put into into something like rugby outside of the game will come back to you in rugby and in life. So. If you want to have a good time playing rugby, put some work in, and uh, you'll see the benefits of the person. I like it. I like it. I'd probably just harken back to to my story. Really, is that the rugby club is always a good place to make friends and meet like minded people as well, and and you do get that sort of camaraderie from playing a contact sport and such a obviously heavily involved heavily involved team sports. If you're looking for, if you're looking to obviously meet new people, make friends and have a good time and obviously have a good social on the side of it. And uh, yeah, you might feel sore on a Sunday, but it's it's all it's all worth it. And mine mine was kind of a mixture of the two. Yeah, I was going to say the hard work pays off, but um, you don't have to be the best player out there 
Um, very welcoming club. We're all there for the same reason. We're there to have fun. We're not going to the the pros by any means. So we're out there making friendships, having fun. Uh, yeah, win or lose, hit the booze, as they say. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then which professional rugby player, you can interpret that however you want. So active, retired, whatever. Do you want to join your rugby club? Right, well, uh, I've always, since I've seen him play a long time ago, uh, I always found that the court was a very large impact player. He's a small guy. And he makes his presence known for the entirety of his time on the field. Yeah, and a beautiful head yeah, of hair. Ridiculous. It's a main. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I, I, I've been mulling over this for a good week. Uh, uh, I think I think I'm going to go for the the pack the pack fraternity and like everyone knows when you come, when it comes to grassroots rugby some weeks you may have a full team a full bench some weeks you don't and I think we're all pretty accustomed to doing 80 minute shifts very very often so I was just thinking well you kind of need a workhorse in the pack and we do have a lot of workhorses at our club but I I was leaning towards McCall but I do like Michael Hooper. Um, I, I'd, I'd have Hooper just because you need that sort of that tank that just never runs out, and I think he could probably teach a lot of people about how to how to eke out an eighty minute shift. That's for sure, <laughs> myself included. Yeah, exactly. He's just an engine. He's basically just a locomotive, <laughs> and uh, and he's obviously hard as nails as well. And he he just played for the Barbars, and he's obviously he might not be in the Australian team, but he just he just keeps on going. He's just he's amazing. Which which I mean is. That's not a reflection on no. him. That's a reflection on Eddie Jones. Yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Jones is still a sore spot. <laughs> yeah, we that we could do a whole episode dedicated to that. And I, I'm not even an England supporter. Um, Tyler, to round round us off, who do you want to see join the club? I was debating between two guys. I was going to go either even Etzebeth, nice. the animal. But I would, I would, I'm going to go Artie Salvia, though. Um, oh, good shout. He is also another one of those workhorses. He's he's always in rocks. He's always in malls. He's he's, he's a workhorse. Um, he's got good leadership. Um, always brings intensity. I always see clips of him on Instagram at practice. Even with the pros, he's giving them little tips and tricks. Like, hey, when you're tackling the guy, if you turn a little bit more, He's not going to ever be able to grab the ball. You're like so far away from him. He, yeah, he's just a really good leader. Brings intensity, and yeah, you you might not always see him making those huge tackles, but he's always in rocks, mm. coaching. He's always just he's always there, which is which is big. So that would be awesome to have him on the team. And he just doesn't stop moving either. When you see when you see like when you see someone try and tackle him, he's just pumping his legs, pumping his legs, wriggling. Just trying to power through. It seems not impossible to bring down. <laughs> he's, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, and he, he's always been really good, but he he's taken a massive step up this year as well, <clears throat> which is wild. Because if you told me Ardi Savay is going to get even better, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> but he's really, yeah, he's just, um, like you said, he's just everywhere. Yeah. And he, he, he's, he's, oh. he, he's all the, the thing that's quite funny as well is when he shouts and screams going into contact, he's always sort <laughs> of psyching everyone out. It's, it's just, yeah, and obviously he just got well played of the year, didn't he? So, uh, 
Yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah, I think everyone everyone has or every club has that player that screams into contact. <laughs> it's uh... we got one. <laughs> yeah, we got one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Fergus Highland Rugby, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with us today. Hope the season which you're not in when the season starts i hope the season goes well <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode and thank you to nick tyler and alan even if i haven't forgiven alan yet for abandoning the front row brotherhood if you want to learn more about fergus highland rugby club you can find them on instagram at highland underscore rugby or on their website at www.highlandrugby.com you can find Roots Rock Riot on Instagram at Roots Rock Riot. And if you want your club involved, please drop us a message there or email us at rootsrockriotpodcast at gmail.com. We don't care the size of your club. We don't care where you're based. Obviously, we were just speaking to a Canadian club. Just get in touch if you want to be featured. Next week, we are heading back to the UK to Colchester, where we are talking to the brand new Kelverdon and Fearing Rugby Club. 